This, 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 this is mythical. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. Like an adventure ready RAV4, available with all wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So, visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're gonna get weird, y'all. I mean, it's gonna happen. Why? Because we put out a prompt. We put out a tweet that said, finish this sentence for an upcoming hashtag Ear Biscuits discussion. Am I weird because I blank? And I will say, that this was, uh, this is a little inside baseball, a little internal, and I don't mean like going to the doctor. I mean, I'm gonna tell you a little background on how we arrived at this question. The first question that we tweeted was something like. Here it is right here. Ask us, ask us a question that you'd be too afraid to ask your friends. We might answer it on an, on an Ear Biscuits. The thing that we were thinking in that prompt was, we we're trying to get to like you guys to talk about things that you, we're kind of embarrassed that you might not know about or think about yourself or whatever. But I think the mistake was when we said your friends because people said things like, are you in love with me? Or stuff like that. Do things I, that we I wouldn't annoying? have any insight Am into. I annoying? And so we went back to the drawing board and got more specific with the am I weird because I blank and you delivered. Yeah, I, I think we may be doing more of those type of prompts, but I, I mean, you would be amazed at the amount of discussions we have around putting these prompts out there because, you know, it's it's kind of like fishing. You you don't know exactly what you you. We have an idea what we want to get. Gotta I, have the I, right I wanna, lure. I want to catch a fish. Gotta have the right bait. I don't want to catch a turtle, mm -hmm. so to speak. So we have to. And can I back out even a little bit further and say? Yeah. Just beep, the just beep, the fact beep, beep, that we can that's you backing out. We can say, you know what? Finish this sentence on social media. Am I weird because I blank? And then people respond. People fill in the blank with things that they legitimately do, and legitimately question whether it makes them strange or weird. You think, this is fascinating to they you. They are that willing. I mean, it's just a reality check. We're we're at a place in our lives where we can tweet something like that, and people will respond. There's plenty of, plenty of people who could anybody can get a Twitter account, rep. Are you just talking about the function of having followers? Yes. <laughs> anybody anybody can hey, say. I'm thankful for followers. Am I weird? Man. Finish this sentence. Am I weird because I blank? And then nobody will respond. Well, I think what you're Maybe getting three at of their is friends. sometimes I see people with one to two followers like put out a Twitter poll and I'm like, uh, I mean, 
we're not, not, nothing you know against what? having one or two followers, but if you've got one or two followers, your poll results are going to um, they're going to be, be a incom- shallow, incomplete. Yeah, not indicative of much other than your I'm one or two saying, followers. It, you know what? It's it's nice to be in a place where we can ask people questions that prompt them to to put themselves in compromised positions, and not only do we get a lot of responses but we get a lot of strange responses that are worth talking about while mentioning their username. Because uh, using your phishing analogy, we were trying to bait you into saying something or admitting something embarrassing about yourself and it took two tries to get there. You know, sometimes- but when you, boy, when, did we get there. When you go out to the lake, you know, I, I, t- I told you that I made the mistake of watching approximately 12 minutes of professional uh, fishing. <laughs> Recently, because <laughs> uh, because I was like, oh, I get like every once in a while, ESPN will have professional fishing on, and I most of my television that I consume that's not streaming, which most of it is streaming. But if I'm not going to stream, usually it's, it's to watch fishing. It's to watch a sporting event, and I use the YouTube TV, not a sponsor, YouTube TV app, um, and. I uh, piqued your interest. There was nothing on sports that I wanted to watch, but there was bass fishing. And so I was like, hmm, let me check in with bass fishing. Why not, right? Every, I think everybody it's needs- It's worth a shot. Especially everybody from North Carolina needs to check in with bass fishing at least once a decade. I checked in and I saw the most exciting part, apparently, of this tournament was these two guys who were trying to win. Different boats, different locations. Different boats. And then they were not catching anything for oh. the like five to seven minute period that I watched. There was, okay, they, in that 12 minute period, there was one guy that caught a small bass. But 12 du- minutes, one guy catches a small bass. Yeah, but during the, while they were waiting, the guy turns to the camera or, you know, just addresses the camera and he's like, you know, it's different when you're out here than when you're watching at home. Like <laughs> it was like, and I don't even know what his point was. Was he saying was that he it's more boring to be weren't? here than it is to watch it at home because at least we're watching an edited thing? I don't know what his point but was. If it's it edited, is different though. If it's edited, why? I mean it seems like they could just, I mean with golf you cut to somebody when they're about to putt. With fishing why can't you just cut to somebody when they're about to catch? Well I think, I think it's all, it's a numbers game. In golf, there's approximately 70. There's a lot of fishermen too. Hold on, no, this is the math. Your wife was a math major, I know you can follow this. There's like about 70 shots per person, right? I don't know how many people there are fishing versus how many golf, golfers there are golfing in a tournament, but there's 70 times that you can tune in and see them do something. No one catches 70 fish. The guy in the lead had caught four bass all day. Rhett, Rhett, your wife watches television, so I know you can follow this. <laughs> You could edit it down to a 22 minute sitcom length of ba- uh, bass tournament. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is golf can be, you can watch golf for five hours and constantly see somebody hitting it. You watch bass fishing for an hour and you watch, and I watched 12 minutes, which is one fifth of an hour, and I saw one fish get taken. There's not enough fishing. It's like they need to, you know, and just like in order to make soccer more interesting. Just make it a YouTube video. They need make to make minutes. the goal bigger or get rid of the keeper. And then everybody's gonna fall in love with soccer. If you want people to fall in love with bass fishing, you gotta use better bait or there's gotta be bigger fish. There's gotta, I don't know, I mean. Editing. 
editing. But but the, even then, it's still just people catching fish. And it's not as entertaining as a as an Instagram video that I saw recently where there was a little girl like a year and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you say that, a year and a half old, who her dad had caught a very big bass and she was hugging it and she was saying, it's okay fish, I love you fish. <laughs> It's okay, fish. And then they put the fish back. And okay. That, so if you can bring a baby who can talk to the fish, that's the kind of thing that I would be into. Yeah. Everybody needs to have a baby in their boat who addresses the fish before it's thrown back. We're gonna read through your completions of the sentence, am I weird because I blank. And y you might think that we're gonna judge you and that we're gonna say, Yes, you are weird, or no, you're not weird. Well, that's the point, isn't it? But the real point is that we're gonna celebrate weirdness. You know what? We're, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being weird, but we are gonna tell you if you are. Uh, I once heard it said, just yourself be if weird is you. Embrace it, and that's what this is. This is not, this is not ultimately judgment, this is celebration of strangeness. And I'm a little biased because I know I'm weird. Can I tell you my criteria for judging these things? Yeah. Um, to me, if there's something, if you, if it, one of these things that you do is to like, it brings you comfort or something like that. Um, I mean, you can't argue with something that brings somebody comfort, right? If this is like a self-soothing thing, um, well, we can say anything we want. But to me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's two things I'm gonna judge. One. Is this something that you would be considered normal? In other words, do, are you an exception to the majority of people because you do this? Like, is this an unusual behavior? I think that's that's one way I'm going to look at it. And the se second thing is, like, is should we be concerned? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. should we be concerned about you? Well, let's let's get into it. Aubrey Stamey uh, replied to us. She tweeted, am I weird because I rub my feet together to fall asleep? Well, are you a cricket? I think they're rubbing their legs together. In order to mate. I mean, do they even have feet? Cricket or feet? It, you cricket. think it just ends with a, ends with a leg? Yeah, it's just kind of, the leg just kind of like, there's an ankle, I think, but then on the other side of the ankle, it's just a little bit more leg. I don't think, I wouldn't That's call a it a foot. foot. I wouldn't call it a foot, I'd call it a short leg after an ankle. It's really no different. Well, what's the difference between a short leg after an ankle and a foot that goes a different direction? Toes. You think you have to have toes to have a foot? <laughs> yeah, I don't think insects have feet, man. So I you think, think so, okay, well, what if somebody crickets. What if somebody loses all their toes? Like, like if I Google cricket if you foot. Hold on, but by that rationale, if you lose all your toes in an accident, well, you, that's an, you don't have a foot anymore, man. That's just more leg now. <laughs> that's not true. Well, I don't wanna not, get, I don't wanna get into like, <laughs> why you get to go straight to maiming? Because I gotta find logic somewhere. All right, I just searched cricket foot. <laughs> Which and, is a and great the, name for the, a band. The only thing that came up was like, a close up uh, of a cleat on someone who's playing cricket, the Australian the version of baseball. I wonder, how, I wonder how many actions. <laughs> I think I think cricket. I could get into that before bass fishing. Uh, Watching cricket. Now I just said that cricket was Australian baseball, but cricket is from uh, is from where? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's a British origin. Yeah, because it's made its way to. It's very popular in Australia. It's very popular in India. It's very popular in places that the. I mean, not, nothing, British colonized. I, I'm scrolling down, nothing is related to the insect, cricket. Can you do cricket leg? Hold on, cricket feet in bed. 
is a related search to Cricket Foot. I'm gonna click on that. Ah. Oh, we found it. We found it. We found what this uh, Does anybody young lady else? is asking about. I, I didn't know this was a Reddit thread. There's a Reddit thread called Does Anybody Else? D-A-E, I'm gonna have to follow this. As soon as I hop in bed and lay down, this is somebody's post, uh, Kristen Bryant from four years ago. And this is answering your question, is this normal? We're about to find that out. As soon as I hop in bed and lay down, I have the instant urge to begin rubbing my feet together. Most times I don't realize I'm doing it, but then I catch myself. If I separate my feet, I'll just end up rubbing my foot feet on the bed sheets. It's like it relaxes me. I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. Uh, top comment, you damn crickets. Right. Which is the same thing that we said. Same, so that's the obvious joke. Uh, someone else commented, used to do this because I have RLS. Restless sucks. leg syndrome, which I have. You have restless leg syndrome. But interestingly. Do you do this? Um, I don't rub my feet together, I move my legs. My wife, however, does this. She rubs her feet together, but you know the other thing she does? How do you know she does it? Can you hear it? Yeah, because you can like see you can kind of see her legs moving and you can feel it in the bed, but you know the other thing that she does, and this is a little She's contentious. She's so much shorter than you, her feet are probably at my like, knees. They're, they're within She also, um, she rubs my feet with her feet, excuse me. <laughs> she does? And uh, she gets upset with me because I cannot go to sleep if someone else is touching me. Like, yeah. I, I, I do all kinds of touching when I'm not sleeping. But when I'm done with the yeah. touching, I'm ready for the sleeping and they're mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a cuddler, but I'm not a cuddle I, sleeper. I, but she. Now that we got a bigger bed, that's the situation. We were in a reached, double bed, we'd, be, we'd have like 18 points of contact. I just can't fall asleep like that because I'm but a I super understand. light sleeper. But she will have her foot on my foot and start rubbing it and I, and. My feet are sensitive, man. I don't like that. I don't like a foot massage. Yeah, for the longest time, I, when I would get a pedicure, one I would time get a full her. body massage. Sands feet. Yeah, leave the feet off the table because they spend a lot of time on the feet, and that's time that could be spent somewhere better. Boy, I miss massages. Don't, I don't get those anymore. Mm. Um, I've been holding back on you here, Rhett. So I don't think this is weird. I do this. Oh, you do this. Yeah, and I I didn't really think about it, but I I do this, and uh, I may have mentioned this on the show or maybe a good mythical more, or maybe just to you as a friend. But the new thing that I've added to my, I, I get in the bed, I, my feet kinda rub together a little bit. It's not like my feet, I rub my feet together until I doze off. Like Lando has this habit from when he was like almost, as soon as he had hair, so I wasn't, I'm gonna say a newborn, but like as soon as Lando had hair long enough in like the back, like the mullet area, he would, he would twirl his finger in his hair. And as long as I can remember, he's done it and he still does it. It's kinda like a way that he falls asleep. And as a, as a toddler, he would twist his finger in his hair and then uh, we'd put him to bed and then he would be crying and we'd go back in there and his finger would be caught. He would have knotted his finger and not be able to get it out. Christy had to use scissors and cut his finger off <laughs> now to cut the knot out. Yeah. Um, but I just do it for like, just to like, oh, I'm in bed, I'm finding my spot. My feet rub together I, a little bit, and then I started shifting my hips, and my lower back would pop. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah. every single time, right before I go to sleep, I, I'll like 
I'll Shakira my hips. You need the pop now. And then it pops right there and it's. it's and if you don't get a pop, you go to sleep with a sense of yeah. inadequacy. Yeah. So I now know about this. I'm becoming like a baseball player that's like got this routine or before. Or a cr cricket player to, yeah. to stay on sub, you know, subject. Uh, cricket footwork is, is its own thing. It has its own Wikipedia entry, which I'm not gonna read. Um, so yeah, Aubrey, you know what? You're not weird. Uh, Jesse has spoken, Link has spoken, and a lot of, of Redditors have spoken. Kiki Canuck said, I thought everyone did this. If not, why not? It feels amazing. My husband and I both do it, including with each other's feet. Yeah, see, there you go. That's what my wife is trying to do to me. So there you go. If you haven't tried it, try it, and, and put a little Shakira into it. Um, see, look at that, all right, so. This, is, this might surprise you. It's kind of a letdown, you. it wasn't weird. This might surprise you. Tom Dahl's, Tom Dahl's magic, who based on his profile, I think he's a real magician. I think he seems like a magician, yeah. He has a deck of cards in his profile picture. He's holding a deck of cards right next to his cheek, lovingly. Well, because you gotta get it in, pic in the picture of the tw uh, Twitter picture. In magicians, they, ha they have. I don't think he typically holds it next to his face. They have a relationship with cards that it's, is borderline inappropriate. Yeah, so Tom, you are weird because you're a magician, but that's not what you're asking. Uh, am I weird because I bite my fingernails and floss my teeth with them? <laughs> Embarrassed emoji. Well, uh, I do this. Well, I mean, does it work? Okay, so I do not, I no longer bite my fingernails, but I bit my fingernails consistently, exclusively. As a, as a way of trimming my fingernails up until three years ago. Would you consider it a habit? Because I considered, I mean, I bite my fingernails and it's it's been a habit that I haven't been able to break. It was not a nervous habit. It was a, this is how I deal with my fingernails getting too long, honestly. It was like, ah, oh, my fingernails are too long. We don't, we're not an organized household, so it's like finding the nail clippers. It's like they're not always in the same place, and so mm -hmm. I, I just was like, okay, I'll just start biting them. So it wasn't a nervous thing, it was a but functional then you, thing. Why did you stop? Um, because I start, I, yeah, I had the, uh, you might notice this if you ever see close ups of my hands, but you're like, what the hell is up in with Rhett's fingernails? I've talked about this before, but I've got the uh, basically like psoriasis based, psoriasis based psoriasis under my fingernails, right? So does, the, it, does it taste bad? <laughs> it tastes great. Uh, oh, but like the fingernail will detach in some places, right? And so what I found is like it's happening right there. See how it's getting white right there? Oh, it makes it white because there's space. And uh, I found that it's much easier to manage them if I use a sharp thing and then like file them down. It seems to help with the problem. I don't know why. Plus we shouldn't be, you know, we've gotten strict about not putting our hands in our mouths and in our eyes and stuff. But when I used to do this on a regular basis, I would take one and then I never even thought about the fact that I was doing this and I would not have called it flossing, but definitely I would see which teeth I could get it in between, especially the two front ones. I put it in there and I'd start moving it back and forth. Just that, that was a habit. It was less of a I'm flossing and more of a habit, but it was technically flossing. I was flossing with fingernails. I'm making a gross out face because it just seems a little yeah. gross. It to is me. gross. And I am not a magician. And I've never been a magician. And I've never even thought about being a magician, but yet I still do this. I think they're unrelated then. Okay. Well, I was just seeing, trying that on for size. Well, I think this is gross. I think it's weird. 
You know, uh, I mean, if it were your toenails, it would be even more gross. You know, people, the whole cutting and sniffing your toenails. I do not bite my toenails, never did. But I could, I'm flexible enough. But I mean, there is this urge to smell your own toenail and I don't know. I do that. Why? Because it's amazing how awful it can smell sometimes. And I'm just like, how? what happened? (sighs) What got caught under there? But it, but th- there is something. It, 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 there's a there's like a primal urge associated with it. It's like you know that. Why it does stinks. a dog smell its own shit sometimes? Because I saw it, Barbara doing it the other day. I asked her. She did not respond. Because they they learned something. Well, I learned something about myself when I smell my toenail clippings. Like something is wrong with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do something about it. But I how, don't. How many times do you need to learn that? I, I think that there, no, the prime, a, the primal urge is is different than that. It's not a it's not diagnostic. You're you're right. You're right. It's um it's like eating black licorice. Honestly, for me, it's it's extremely bad. Like if there's something in a room that smells awful, I can't help but smell it. If there's something in a movie that's really difficult to watch, I do not turn away. If I go by a wreck, I look to see if there's a body with a sheet over it. So, I'm, I'm that okay, guy. Okay, so we're back to the, the the I think it was called pseudo-masochistic tendency when we were talking about uh, eating spicy foods. Yeah. So maybe there's something in there. Uh, of course, I'm not a magician, so. <laughs> right, so that, I, I w- neither I would, of us. Wouldn't know for sure. I, I do think that this is, people do it, it's gross, but gross doesn't automatically mean weird. I think w- weird is kinda like, if something's gross, it, it increases the chances of it being weird if it's also strange, like you've, like, or in, inventive. Like I've never heard of this before. The fact that you do this. Did this. Okay, whatever. Then, I don't know, I'm hesitant to say this is weird. I think it's weird. I think the average person, when he's seeing, the, definitely if they witness this. Yeah, if, if someone else sees you do it. Maybe that dude's weird. Then it's, you're, you become a weird person. Uh, you're, on the, you're on the weird spectrum. I also think he has an ace up his sleeve, in this case. Ear Biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. I'm on um, the third day in a row of not taking my allergy pill. I've noticed you've been sneezing. And I sneezed nine times in a row this morning. I've never, that does not happen to me. 
That's a lot. Uh, I'm slightly allergic to. There's something floating around. I'm slightly allergic to, to dogs. Like when I got my allergy test a few years ago, dogs and cats registered on the very, very low. But like I ran out of my, uh, I, I'm a Zyrtec man. And I ran out and I haven't gotten any more. And then there was a part of me that was like, maybe I should just see if I can get off of it. Sometimes when you sneeze a bunch, it's like your body needs to do it so there, there is a sense of relief and pleasure. You know, you talk about a primal urge. There is a there is pleasure associated with a sneeze, unless it goes sideways. You mean out the ear? <laughs> and you know, no. It's, sometimes it, it can't just, happen. It just doesn't come out the right way. But I mean, nine in. Did you, did you fully experience like a bell curve of pleasure and pain? It, it felt good every time, but it was annoying to me and my wife. How much? What percentage of what percentage of uh, air comes out of your nose versus your mouth when you sneeze? Uh, mostly out my mouth, unless I've made a decision to, to force it to force it out of my nose in order to like get a pat. I call that a power blow. Yeah, I'm I'm, re I'm really scared of that. I'm really scared of that. So yeah, all, it comes out. It doesn't accomplish much because it's almost all mouth. A lot of force. If you if you force like like 95% of that force through your nose. Your eyes might I mean you got, a, you got a deviated septum. Yeah. You could lose an eye, well, definitely. It, might, it could straighten it out. <laughs> I don't think it can straighten out bone though. <laughs> Over time, there's probably another way to fix it. Anyway, I need my allergy pills, I'm driving me nuts. Caitlin Pemberton rep responded to us, am I weird because I can talk with my mouth closed? I've known people who could do this. I do not understand how it works. I've witnessed it. I do not think it's weird. I think it is remarkable. Well, I, I've never witnessed it. I think we should try it. Okay, be my guest. Not even close. Can you understand what I'm saying? Not even close. You're making a series of humming noises. That's all I hear. It's no, like I'm hearing somebody through a wall. My lips are still together, but I'm trying to speak normally. Yeah. I'm not even gonna attempt it. Should attempt it. Hold on, you're not saying anything. Yeah, I can't do it. S say something. I'm saying my lips are still together. Don't say that, I said that. You That's, say something that, different. Why are your eyes getting so big? Your eyes don't have anything to do with this. I said I'm saying something different. Okay, you we you need to if you have you not like seen a YouTube video of this before? Like what we're talking talk, about is someone who can talk articulately as if there's another mouth inside their mouth. You need to watch a you, you should watch a video of this real quick. Uh, just so, I mean, we can cut this out so we won't get flagged or whatever, but you, you just need to, you, so you will understand what this is. Okay, now stop that, stop that. D oh, no, I can do that. No, uh, no. You sound like someone who is making preliminary sounds but not completing them with the tongue and the lips. She sounds like someone who has tongue and lips inside her mouth, like an alien mouth. How like is that got, possible? Yeah, she's got a talking, talker trapped in there. No, physically, what is happening? Do you understand it? Because this is the real magician. Well, when I, when I searched um, talk with your mouth closed, the first thing that comes up is a wiki how. 
How to speak with your mouth closed. You'll need to make sure your lips are parted ever so slightly. Without parting your lips just a little bit, you won't be able to get any sound out of your mouth. Practice parting, oh, so this so is. So it's cheating. WikiHow's never reliable though. <laughs> That's not what she was doing. She looks like she, her mouth is completely closed. Yeah, this is not, WikiHow is off, off, off the rails. Touch your teeth together. Make sure your tongue can move. Look at yourself in the mirror. What? You should not be able to see your tongue. You should be able to see your teeth. It, your mouth's not closed. Yeah, this is bull crap, man. I don't want, just get away Breathe normally. I think it's just magic. Uh, oh, so we're back to that. I think that that is, it's not weird, man. I think you're a freak, Caitlin. I think you are a freak. And there, you know, there's others. You can find them. And then keep it to yourself. You can speak to each other that way. But it's impressive. What I'm saying is it's a good, it's, that's, a, that's a legit party trick. That's not like flossing with your, with your fingernails. Yeah, this isn't yeah. something you do by yourself. This is something you do in the company of other people and they're impressed and they ask okay. questions about. Is so you're a, a freak, but no, you're not weird. Yeah. You're it's, talented. Talented, exactly. Uh, hi, responded. That's an unpronounceable. Bixen Trash Four said, "I can't watch any show. Am I weird because I can't watch any show unless I know what happens first? Like, if I'm watching an episode of some show, I have to Google what happens before I finish it, or I get nervous, and then I can't watch the rest of the episode because I'm." too tense about what might happen. Even Jeopardy. <laughs> you know those Jeopardy episodes. Wow, well I'll tell you, the Jeopardy always ends in one of three ways. <laughs> no. One of the three people wins. I can, can you imagine having to Google the episode of Jeopardy you're can watching? Can you get that information? I, I, I mean, it's probably in, it's probably in Wiki. I mean, like the TiVo or whatever would say the episode number, and then. I gotta know who's gonna win this one. But then somebody responded. Jennifer Sanford responded to this tweet and said, OMG, I thought I was the only one who did this. My brother definitely thinks I'm weird when I do this. Okay, I, here, can I just give you my knee-jerk reaction to this? Sure. Uh, I'm not a therapist. Uh, I have been in therapy for some time. Uh, not the same thing. Not the same thing, that's why I'm saying it as a disclaimer. Um, this has got, this is something about control. I mean, there, there's something about I, I don't know. It, it's related to the, the unknown. The un, unknown is, is is too much. Too to much handle. to take. Uh, but it feels like this is an example of what do you call it when you is it called exposure therapy? Like when you're afraid of something and mm -hmm. then you expose yourself to it in order to overcome it. This feels again. I'm not. I'm not you. I don't understand this. Personally, like putting a spider down your pants, uh, and I'm in this—that's this, double meaning exposure therapy. And this, if this is a real, like, if this is like a super anxious thing, and I'm not giving you medical or psychological advice, but it feels like at least with an episode of Jeopardy might be a good place to start. Like, I think, I think you can make it through an episode of Jeopardy. Well, who are and, you to say? And, and let the—I'm just saying. If you can't, it, I think you might need to talk it out with somebody. <laughs> It's really what yeah, I, I agree think, with that. I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, uh this is not we this isn't I wouldn't say weird though because I feel like that makes it you know judgy. I, yeah. You don't want to judge it if somebody's weird. dealing with something that's uh you know that might require therapy. But I'm but I'm sympathetic 
I'm sympathetic to this and I feel like it's something that you that you this shouldn't is, have to this is go through sign. life with. This is a sign of a of a of a deeper issue, which maybe you're cool with it, uh, or maybe you want to look into it. I would have to think that this tendency has to play itself out into just life in general, right? Like, so this would be like, I mean, every single day is a Jeopardy episode, right? Every single day is a day in which you don't know what Trebek's gonna say, you don't know who's gonna win, you don't know what's gonna happen in your life, but you don't have the ability to go and see. But you know when, see if this person who tweeted, and I can't pronounce their username, is listening now, and they didn't realize what you're saying, boy, you've just made it a whole lot worse. But here's the thing, I think I can actually in a weird way relate to this, it's just something that's coming to me. So you know we've talked in the past about how uh, I actually am much more, there's a lot more going on emotionally than I ever realized until I started going to therapy. And one of the ways that my emotions come out is in things that feel like there's not any stakes and I'm not personally invested in i.e. television and movies and commercials, right? I'll cry in all those scenarios, yeah, because it's not personal. So I think that this particular person, high, might be like, I can't deal with the fact that I've got uncertainty in my life, but when I expose myself to an episode of Jeopardy or some some show, I know that the the outcome does exist. I can Google the outcome and I can gain a little bit of security and control in this thing in a way that I can't do in life and that brings me a sense of security, right? Yeah. And so that's my theory as to what's going on. So But if it yeah, if yeah. you can get to a place where you can embrace an episode of Jeopardy not knowing which of the three people is going to win, I guess sometimes there's a tie. Uh is that possible? Can there be a tie and it rolls over to the next episode? No, I don't think so. Okay, so somebody's gonna win. If you can just let that ride, then maybe you can get a little bit more, be a little bit better at dealing with just a typical day. I don't know. I'm not a professional. You take it or leave it. Take it with a grain of salt. Since November 2014, ties for first place following Final Jeopardy are broken with a tiebreaker clue, resulting in only a single champion being named, keeping their winnings and returning to compete in the next show. If no contestant finishes Final Jeopardy with a positive total, there is no winner. So, there so could that, be, there's a fourth option. There could be three losers. How many times has that happened? Jeopardy just got more interesting. And that was only since 2014. I mean, how could three people go into Final Jeopardy and make wagers that put them in the negative. That means somebody's not playing right. Somebody's making a bad decision. Uh, on March 2nd, 2018, Jeopardy history was made when two contestants competed during the final tournament of Thursday's episode. While all three of the show's competitors wrote in the wrong, wrote in wrong submissions for the Channel Islands prompt, Laura and Sarah found themselves in a tie which led to the first ever final Jeopardy tiebreaker. First ever. And then it, how do they do the tiebreaker? It's just another question. With another wager. With a tiebreaker clue. Oh, are broken with a tiebreaker clue. So is it a clue about the same question? You get a hint, like GMN? <laughs> yeah, that seems a little lame. I mean, we would never do that. Uh, yeah, I, th I think there's something, just to get back to the question, yeah. you know, with all the Googling I'm doing today, I did some preemptive Googling when I picked this question and uh, I, I could not find something to Google that would bring up people who related to this, unlike the rubbing your feet together. You know, it's, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't 
I can't Google. Are you, do you have to look up the results of a, of, a, of a show before you can watch it? I know people who read, and, I, and I've done this. I Googled in, that but nothing came up. As a kid, I would, would look at like the last sentence of a book. But it was for like a different reason. It wasn't to know how it was gonna end necessarily, it was just because it was there to be read. I don't know. There's an anxiety, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I, I don't do that by the way. That's I don't like, do it anymore. It, there, there, there's something going on here. So we've successfully backed away. Uh, it's up to you how, what you wanna do with it. <laughs> and we're not even gonna say if it's weird or not. I don't think it's weird. I think it's not weird. Ear Biscuits is supported by Mountain Dew. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, okay. having a blast while you file your taxes. What? No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, where you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you and for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so do not wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary. Open to US residents 18 and over, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15th, 2024, void where prohibited. Emily Little tweeted at us, am I weird because I won't watch a movie more than once? Okay, more of a general topic. I, I, I feel like I'm one of these people. Um, I know that I'm a weird person, so by the associative principle, Emily, you are also weird. No, I, uh, I had to work up a lot of energy to rewatch The Big Lebowski, which as we establish is um, both of our favorite comedies of all time. It had been so long since I watched it when we were talking to our college friends, they always reference it so much. I'm like, you know what? I'd, I'd like to see this after like over a decade of not watching it. But I, I rarely, and I always thought it was like m movie lovers and, and people who are like really like f students of film, they should watch the same movie again and again. I mean, you don't gain, you gain insight through that. But like a normal viewer, uh, I just haven't related to it. I feel like there's so much stuff out there. I it's hard for me to justify to myself the investment of time to rewatch something that I know already know what's going to happen. Kind of to the last point. Yeah, I it's not as fun. I don't. I mean, this here's here's what what I find interesting about this situation between me and you is that you know I don't watch the same movie twice. I don't do the same thing twice. I don't eat the same meal twice. I don't go to the same restaurant twice. I don't go to the same city on vacation twice. But interestingly, you do that, right? Like yeah. you guys will go to the same place uh, on vacation. Like you find something that you like. But so it's not the same experience. It feels, it but it watching feels, a show is a different experience. It's, it's, it's not, it's a compromised experience. Like the surprise of what's gonna happen. Cause I'm also, you know, I'm the stickler of sticklers when it comes to to trailers, I mean spoilers. <laughs> well, trailers. Are and trailer, like I don't watch trailers of movies I'm gonna watch, and I wanna read anything about them if I know I'm gonna watch them. Because it just takes away from the experience. Like, it annoys me. Anything built, any marketing built around a work of art 
is to me a spoiler of some yeah. aspect of that experience that the artist wanted to create. Uh, yeah. And it's annoying to me. And I'm not I'm not spoiler sensitive like it doesn't it doesn't ruin it for me, but it's to me the principle that I apply to media is the same thing I apply to a restaurant. It's like back when we used to go to restaurants on a regular basis in Los Angeles, like Jesse and I would very rarely go to the same place twice because I'm just like, I'm in one of the biggest cities in the world, there's always a new place. And we both think like that and so we're just like, and it, and it doesn't always result in a better meal. No, Often it's just like, mm. but I think when I look at movies or TV shows or whatever, I just think, oh, there's, and I don't, just like you were saying, it's like if you're gonna take the time to devote two hours of your evening to something, it's like why devote to the same thing. However, the other night at your house, yeah, we watched we us. rewatched a movie. And the funny thing is, is when that was my idea, by the way, when y'all said that we were going to watch us, uh, the movie, I my I wasn't excited about it as much as I absolutely love that movie. I've only seen it once. I uh, I wasn't excited about it, but I had an incredible time rewatching that movie. So it made me actually think twice about rewatching movies. Well, that movie is specifically constructed that. <laughs> bless you. Is there going to be eight more? Because I just want to know. know. There might be one more at least. Jordan Peele constructed this movie in such a way that once you once you've watched it, you have a. You, you know you, what to watch for. You have a different experience watching it the second time. I, I believe a movie with a reveal is a completely different experience. I think that's that's something that hit me. It's like, oh man, like if you watch a movie with a significant reveal of some kind or a twist, you should watch it again. It. Now, do you think that saying that a movie has a twist is a spoiler? Like does that violate your spoiler? Absolutely. Yes, with spoiler alert. A little late. Hmm. Yeah, that that doesn't track with me, but I'm sorry if if uh if I yeah, ruined that, us for you. That that is that is a huge sport to to say that there's a twist at the end or a reveal. But how many movies? Um, so many movies have reveals. Any almost all movies have reveals except just like straight dramas. Like with uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a, a spoiler alert for Mandalorian season two. Okay, so only you can skip for. I 15, have no. I haven't watched the first fifteen episode. seconds. Uh, well, you're not gonna ruin it for me. I watched it the night, that's why I'm telling you, but I wouldn't want you to tell me this. Okay. But on like the Twitter moments, the day after the Mandalorian episode came out, it said, Mandalorian season two premieres with an amazing character reveal. Well, of course, they're gonna tell you who the Mandalorian is. I mean, you can go a second season not knowing who the, 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 the actor who plays him, which by the way, I saw an article about the actor who plays him before I ever watched the season, before I got started. Okay, well, I don't want to, you know, in an effort, well, I, I, I hate to spoil more, but I just can't help myself to just tell you that you're wrong. Okay, but he will be revealed. Well, that's not what we're talking about. My point is, they said that there's an amazing character reveal you, you you misinterpreted it, and I knew the answer, but I think that, again, I, I would not have wanted to know that, and I was glad I'd already watched the episode. So that's why I make sure that I watch the episode right when it comes Is out. Is it that like Baby Yoda has like a spider body or something like that? <laughs> All right, let, I told him to skip forward 15 seconds. We're not talking about it anymore. Uh, so we don't think that Emily is weird because she won't watch a movie more than once, but there are, I think there's some exceptions. How about uh, Schnozmanian 
Bec- am I weird because I ask people to repeat what they have said to me even though I heard them loud and clear? I just do and it's completely out of my control. <laughs> it's completely out of your control. Uh, we knew somebody like this. Schnozzamanian, I- I'm just gonna tell you that I, I feel a little anger welling up inside <laughs> when, I re- when I read your confession. I mean it's. well. And the person that I'm thinking about right now, who we both know from our past, who we will remain nameless. And I don't know who you're talking about. Can you just, huh? just, huh? 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 I almost huh? remember, but I don't. Huh? Like, I know that there was this person in our lives, huh? but I can't remember. Huh? <laughs> huh? Oh, are you talking about the. You... Back from our high school days. Oh, I thought you were. He was older than us. He was in college when we were in high school. Huh? Huh? Just tell me and we'll have to bleep it out. Uh, Just say it. Oh, yeah, he did do that, huh? didn't he? Huh? Huh? While you no were talking. No matter how long, no matter what you said, no matter at what point you were in and what you were saying, huh? He said, huh? And, and I guarantee you he, he was hearing you the whole time. Huh? <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know if this is what you do, schnoz, if this is what you do, you need to stop it immediately. Yeah, that's not, it's, and you say you can't, it's out of my control. I think that's a lie <laughs> that you're telling yourself. I, I, there's, what What huh? causes that? Do you remember it? And it doesn't have, I do now, yeah. And it, maybe schnoz doesn't like constantly give the huh, but even if it's like, what, what was that? When you're done, what'd you say? How could that even happen? Oh, I uh, now at I don't know when my kids when my kids were younger. Like I I seem to recall having an experience, a parenting experience. So I'm like, they'll there was a phase that I think Lillian Lincoln went through where they would be like, what? And I I remember deciding to start to say, you heard on, me. Hold on, you heard me. Yeah. What 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 did you hear? And by and the then, way, and we forced them. I forced them to say because it was in their brains. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did hear it. It's like they have to replay it, and then well, the same thing happens. It, it does go go both ways. I mean, how many times have my kids asked me something, and I've just I never thought I would be this, but it turns out that this is just what being a dad is. It's here. Your kids asking you. You're something, asleep in a recliner with you, a remote on your no, crotch. I'm not asleep. I'm just doing what dad wants to do and when children ask questions of me, I do not, It's I'm impervious it's to them. <laughs> it's filtered. And so they're like, dad, you heard me. And then I do the same thing and I'm like, oh, I did hear you. Yeah, I, it is in my brain, but I had not r- reckoned with it until now. So this goes both ways. This is not a good practice for anyone. I mean, you, you, you've, you've gotta just take a beat and say, I'm about to ask them to repeat themselves, but did I just, did I actually hear it? Yes, I did. I'm hearing it again now in my memory. I'm responding to it. Yeah. I'm I, not burdening somebody to say something again. And I don't think this is weird. I think this is based on my experience. This is just annoying. Uh, you know, to be completely harsh and honest about it. Uh, again, we I, and I'm just going off of my personal experience with it from this one person. Well, I think you know that might be our next. Am I annoying because I blank? Okay, yeah. There's we can we can keep going down this rabbit hole. Uh, Laura, Laura said, am I weird because I eat raw pasta as a snack? The crunch when you bite it is so satisfying, like a hard candy, but it's savory. I, I, 
I've eat, I've eaten a a taut strand of spaghetti before. Taut. And I felt like I felt like it was going to break my tooth. Was it a and it, it was a spaghetti? It, well, you yeah, try linguine. I didn't try. I only tried spaghetti. And I mean, there's there's a bit of danger involved. It's like kind of like chewing glass, and the taste is very subtle. I think you might be overstating the danger, but I mean, this just seems like a preference. I mean, there. Are, okay, I remember one time I went over to uh, uh, Peter Dinklage's house, and you know, I, it sounds like a name drop, but that was just my neighbor growing up. Uh, a different one. <laughs> And he went into the fridge and grabbed a hot dog, cold, which he called a raw hot dog. And this is before I really understood that hot dogs were pre-cooked. Yeah. And he just ate it out of the fridge. And I was like, he's weird, he eats raw hot dogs. But you know me, one night in my house, curiosity got the best of me. <laughs> and I ate a raw hot dog and I was like, I gotta get this. I sort of get this, but it might make me weird. I don't think I would enjoy it now, but as a kid, I I, I would do that. I I think eating uncooked pasta is more strange, um, because it's it's so. I mean, I I like a good crunch, but the crunch is so intense. There are other and things that are crunchy so and savory, like crackers, chips but nothing is as crunchy as uncooked pasta. But there are things made from wheat that are crunchy, like a wheat thin. Like a wheat thin feels like you're getting close to just eating straight pasta, but it's been made into a form. So I think you should maybe just switch to wheat thins. I I disagree. The more I think about it, I can't think of anything that you could eat that is crunchier than uncooked pasta. I mean, it's, it's almost like glass. You think I'm exaggerating, but have you done it? Have you ever eaten raw pasta? I'm sure I have at one point. Well, not raw, but uncooked. But it's also, there's no flavor to it. Like, it hasn't been salted. Uh, it's as hard as a, as a fingernail. It, that, you that, can floss with it? That's the truth, man. I mean, it's brittle, but it's, but it's as hard, if that makes sense. I, I think this is, uh, is this weird? I get the crunch. Like if you need an extreme crunch, I can't think of anything that's gonna rival that, Laura. So I'm gonna say that it's not weird. I'm gonna say you're, you, you've you got a crunch fetish and I think you should explore other things. I think that this is weird, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, that's why I use the word fetish. I it, think that's it, what fetish means to me. Weird, but okay, no judgment. Okay, well, if if, if if I was inventing a character for a story, uh, and you know, there's the principle that Blake Snyder talks about, you know, a limp and an eye patch. You give every character in a narrative something notable, makes them a little bit different. Okay, I think that this character eats raw pasta. Yeah, that's a that's that, a good character. Trait. It's like it, that's fun to me. It, it's a little quirky, and we'll I would that. say I would get into we. I think it's weird, but it's good weird. That's my conclusion. Margaret. All right, so we disagree. Stivers or Stivers. Am I weird because I like to mix baked beans with cottage cheese? Now this is a mixture of worlds. On a on a recent carpool vlog, we do videos for the Mythical Society where we like, we, 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 we're riding in the car. It's like a 20 minute video where we're just shooting the breeze. Sometimes we do answer questions, but I don't know how it came up, but I shared with you that my I'm obsessed, my favorite type of cheese 
right now is cottage cheese. I love it. I love to put a bowl of, of that, that sloppy, oozy, white, crumb, like what are those, like nodules of cottage cheese in a bowl, throw some walnuts on it. I'm and surprised some dried that blueberries. you like it because you kind of get grossed out by cheese sometimes. And I think cottage cheese, it's, while I also like it. It's like, it's like, it a, feels like the grossest kind of cheese besides maybe blue cheese. It's like a cereal, it doesn't, it tastes bland. It's in a bowl. I eat it with a spoon. It Why has is a, it called cottage? A cereal experience, but have you ever had with it? Protein. In, have you ever had it in a cottage? Uh, I I fancy my house a cottage. Why is it a cottage? Is it made in cottages, or is it made from a region that has a lot of cottages? All right, man. My, I mean, I'm I've been pretty good at googling. Why is good it Googler. called cottage cheese? It's made from different types of milk with different fat levels. The term cottage cheese is believed to have originated because the cheese was generally made in cottages from milk left over after making butter. The cheese is creamy, lumpy, and sold in pots. Cottage cheese, this is from cheese.com by the way. I think, okay, the way I'm interpreting what you just read is that more traditional cheese, like say a cheddar, is a is a result of a process, an intentional process, like by a cheese maker. But cottage cheese is like cheese that happened at somebody's house mm-hmm. in a more this at, is leftover, kind of accidental yeah. way almost. Cottage cheese is thought to be the first cheese made in America. Yeah, this is making lots of sense. For centuries, farmers in Europe made fresh farmhouse cheeses with naturally soured milk after separating the curds from the whey. Immigrants to America brought the tradition of fresh cheese making with them, and by the mid-1800s, the term cottage cheese entered the American vocabulary. Cottage cheese is so both plain and that of It's the original cheese. Cottage cheese is the original American cheese? Yeah, just like me. (sighs) Sorry, I'm sniffing, man. You should. I think we have Zyrtec here at the office. I'm gonna get some in a second. I didn't think the withdrawal would be this bad. I, I read a whole Reddit thread about Zyrtec withdrawal. Some people have crazy itching happen. It's not happening to me, I just got the sniffies. What, um, what are your toenails smell like? That's gonna be an indicator. Probably couldn't smell them right now. But, I was but, also told that eating cottage cheese before you go to bed is good. Is dreams. A, is, is good for, um, no, the, it's a good, way to get the type of protein Casein. that your body needs when you're sleeping? Casein, slow release protein. Uh, I mean, the theory is because unlike whey protein, which is an immediate release, which you should do like right after you work out because your muscles are hungry for it, you take casein before you go to sleep, which, and you can buy casein just as a powder. Uh, sometimes I'll drink like yeah, a thing. Just get it in the cottage. But maybe I should just do the cottage cheese. And also dairy before you go to sleep. My experience is causes you to have crazy dreams. Mm. I don't know so what the connection two, two is there. Two for one, because I'm starting to eat cottage cheese. But the question was mixing beans with cottage cheese. That is weird. That Yeah, that's weird. I've never heard of that. Beans and cheese, bean and cheese burrito, that's a thing. But yeah, beans yeah. and co- cottage cheese is not warm. Cottage cheese is cold. I mean, if I search beans and cottage cheese, What complements cottage cheese, people ask? Sliced bananas, crushed pineapple, berries, melon chunks, fresh peaches, everything chunks of is apple. Sweet. Everything that complements cottage cheese is sweet. Yeah, nothing. 
I mean, food.com has pork a pork and beans, and beans with beans cottage, with cottage cheese. cheese recipe. I think it, if it becomes more like a cream cheese thing, then maybe that could be good. This is this is the mix. This is the melding of our worlds, right? I bring the cottage. You bring the beans. Let's get together and make a scene. Do you heat the cottage cheese up? I mean, it's a. This is a food.com recipe. How many reviews is it? By have? Jeff Hammer. I think this is user generated. Did anybody comment on this? Yeah, no. Only Jeff commented. Up. Oh, nope. Down here. Don K. He said, don't cook the beans. Okay, I don't know, there's not many people. It, it's not, food.com is not a cauldron of conversation. Apparently. So, I, I, I'm gonna say this is, this is, this is weird. Even, and, I, and I'm gonna go there as well. I think this is weird. I mean, you, you don't wanna try it? Oh, I'll try it. I, I gotta sneeze again. Okay. <laughs> You probably just deposited something on your right shoulder. P- p- people are gonna think you've got the COVID, I man. I don't, man, it's allergies. It's, it just happens every time I run out of my allergy pills. All right, Laura, you're weird. Margaret, you're weird. Let's get to Mary, quite contrary. Am I weird because I hit myself when I see a crow? Because I think it gets rid of, ble- when I say blad, because I think it gets rid of bad luck. So if I see four, I hit myself four times. If I say 20, yep, 20 taps on my chest. Okay, she's she moved from hitting to tapping, which uh, that's good. I'm aware it is irrational and I try not to, but I can't help it. Hashtag ear biscuits. So this is obviously a compulsive superstition, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, it's I don't think just, you're, I don't think it makes you weird. I mean, knocking on wood, but, Freaking, I mean like, to me this is kinda like punch bug. Like if you're in the car and you're like, you know, when me and my mom used to used to ride in the car together, if we saw a punch bug, you'd say the, you, you saw a Volkswagen bug on the road and whatever color it was, you'd say, punch bug blue, if you were the first person and you'd punch him, punch him on the shoulder. So I would punch my mom on the shoulder, but she would also punch me on the shoulder. It was kind of like a love lick. To me, that's punch more ab- green. That's more about bonding. That's a social experiment. That's a social bonding. That phase. works, but then this is something. This is a compulsive behavior. Is it not? Yeah, it's just a. It's a, it, it, I can't. So make it doesn't sense make you it. weird. It makes you actually pretty. I mean, this is very common. This is very normal. Everyone has compulsive behavior. Some are more pronounced than others. Some cross into, as you have described, irrationality and superstition. Uh, like when I would feed my dog Tucker, I would always feed him, and then I would pat him on the head five times. I would count five times: pat, 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 and then I would feel like, okay. My job is complete. I, I patted him four times. He's gotten what he needs. Five times. Five times. Uh, I don't think this. I don't think this is weird, and I and I don't and I don't think that it is necessarily bad, unless it becomes, if it if it's in other areas of your life. I mean, my wife, you know, um, struggles with OCD. Not she doesn't have this particular type, right? But. It's not. It's very difficult to like. You don't like really get rid of it. Like you are always someone who who struggles with it. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily what it is, but like there's a number of behaviors like tapping your dog four times or tapping your chest when you see a crow that 
I feel like there's a little bit of self-soothing in this. It's not necessarily some debilitating yeah. thing. You know, it just depends, but, but you the, probably you probably could help it if you really wanted to, but I don't necessarily know that it's like this is like a something you, you have to address in order to move on with. But life. I but the belief of thinking that it gets rid of bad luck, it that's just, just it, incorrect. It, 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 yeah, but that make you weird. It seems like it's, you know, from the outside looking in, without knowing anything and not passing judgment, but just saying, uh, you know. Th- isn't this an unnecessary constraint on your life to to have to 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 know that it this isn't true but then it's like now you're tapping yourself and you don't you know you don't feel soothed is it something that you want to change perhaps well i mean what about like a it's your call not ours what i mean what about like a a baseball player you know they're notoriously superstitious who wears a certain pair of socks you talking about cricket right yeah a cricket player who wears uh, the same pair of underwear until he loses or something like that. Um, I guess I'm in it's, the, if this, this isn't that, hurting anybody. Yeah, it's fun and it gives you confidence. You know, I got the, I got my lucky pair of tiger underwear. Or like our lucky shirts. That like we, I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't worn them in a long time. Our lucky shirts that we wear for the GMM countdown episodes, which I mean, of course, we don't believe that there's luck in them, we're doing a bit. But I mean, if we did believe it, it wouldn't be Weird, it would just be superstitious. It's fun, it's like, I mean, but lucky underwear or something like that gives you confidence. There's a psychological thing that like, then you can you can hit the cricket ball or puck or whatever it is. Uh, you know, you can bat better. But like thinking. Believing something that isn't true isn't necessarily bad, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Like, the and again. If it makes you feel better. Well. But it can and it also, doesn't hurt anybody. It can also, uh, you know, he talks about this in, in the book Sapiens, like that's actually one of the things that makes humans humans and the ability to cooperate with each other is the fact that we can believe a fiction that like bonds us together. We can believe things that are not true in, uh, about ourselves or about other people and it can be advantageous. So I'm not saying that that's necessarily what's happening with a superstition, but I'm just saying that I don't think it's bad necessarily to believe something that's not true if it helps you or helps a group of people as long as it's not hurting somebody because our grasp of what is actually true is actually, it's not as keen as we all think it is. Yeah, because we, we could find out one day that, you know. Tapping yourself with crows show up is really awesome. That it really does counteract the bad luck that is real. That all crows carry. They are smart and they're a lot bigger than you think. What if? If you get right up on a crow, they're big. What about? He could, could peck your eye out. What if uh, easily. Th- this person goes and watch the, watches the black crows in concert and they tap along with the beat? Hey, little thing, let me light your candle because I'm so hard to handle. Yes, I am. You've re- you turn it into <laughs> some sort of like strange chant. Cotton Caught, Eye Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. Just yourself be if weird is you. This celebration is now concluded. Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, we made some judgments, but we told you that's what we were gonna do, spoiler alert. Uh, and you know, I think we'll do this again. Uh, shall I make a wreck? You shall. Okay, I made this wreck to you, I'm gonna make it to you. You know, if it's good enough for my friend, it's good enough for you. Um, you, you gotta have Apple, you gotta have the Apple TV Plus 
subscription to watch this. So if you have that, definitely check it out. Um, the Beastie Boys story. Beastie Boys story, uh, there was a book that was written by uh, Adam Horowitz and Mike D. Uh, Adam Yalk, he, you know, he passed away. Uh, and the Beastie Boys were technically no more, but they they wrote this memoir, which is like a super fun book. I've well, I, I actually didn't read the book. I will watch the documentary first, and I love the documentary so much. Now I'm going back and listening to the book on on uh, the audio book because it's a uh, it's really entertaining the way it's done. There's a whole lot more stories, and but, they and they read it. They read the book. Yeah, they do, and they have a lot of guest stars come in and read parts of the book too. Lots hmm. of people fans of the Beastie Boys, and the thing that. You know, I encourage you to watch uh it you know, it's like it's it's like an hour and a half. It's it's they call it a live documentary. It's a stage show. I mean, if you saw the Tour of Mythicality, which was the stage show version of the Book of Mythicality, what they did was very similar, you know. It was they the, definitely stole our idea. It was the two <laughs> it was the two of them on stage with a screen behind them and they would just cut to like visuals to support their stories and they just told their story and it was uh you know, it's scripted and it's a little stilted at times and they like use a prompter. It actually made me feel good that like, hey, they did something very similar to us and it's, it. they tell the story of their friendship. Friendship is such a strong theme. So even if you're, if you're not a fan of their music, uh, I, I would say the first half is, you know, they go chronological. It's about, you know, how the band started and it's this, it's a crazy story. Um, but it's really the second half of the documentary. Wouldn't you agree where it like really starts to sing? Like once they achieved their initial fame and then I just related to it so much from a from a creative standpoint, like working closely with a lifelong friend of mine and having to uh having to pivot from from early successes to find later successes in their career and just the it was very inspiring to me because I related to so much of it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I I didn't know, I knew so little about them and the thing we talked about is we were trying to figure out why we weren't more of a fan of All them. along the way, yeah. Like especially like in the 90s when we were in high school because we were like listening to 311 and I mean, 311 mm -hmm. is no Beastie Boys. You know what I'm saying? It's in it, yeah. it was just interesting that that that's what we gravitated towards, but Fascinating story, just the way things worked back in the day in the music industry and the way things kind of came up with like a, the new genre being invented. So I think, I mean, I enjoyed all of it. I thought the beginning was awesome too because it's just fascinating to see how all that came together back in the MTV days and the way it worked. So foreign. The thing that I really appreciated was the, the they process their entire experience through a lens of like a maturity that they grew into over time. You know, they, they said, it's not that we became adults as much as we kinda just gained some maturity. You know, in a lot of ways that I don't think, in, in a way that I relate to, in a lot of ways I don't feel like an adult, but I feel like I have this, I, I can look back on our career with like this level of maturity and you know, we we haven't pivoted as much as they did, you know, from this their first album and like the yeah. the becoming this like the becoming the trope that they were making fun of while on tour, like this fight for your right to party guys. 
Um, and then coming to grips with how that wasn't who they truly were. I just really enjoyed how they processed it and 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 presented it with like this retrospective wisdom that that I didn't know I didn't know was there. It's like you know that Adam Yalk, uh, you know he he became this uh, crusader for for Tibet and uh, yeah. you know he he he's a fascinating guy and you get to know him through the lens of his of of. Of his of his friends talking about him, which I thought was really cool too. Yeah. Uh, so it was a great tribute to him. It's very moving. Um, if you like the tour mythicality, I think you, you know. And if you, I, I can see, I can see how mythical beasts process us. I kind of put myself in their shoes, and it because you put less pressure on and being a fan of the Beastie Boys them as and what, performers in that moment because you're kind of taking in their story. Yeah, and I I started to un, I really understood each of them as an as an individual and began to understand their personalities and I felt like I got to know them and appreciate who they were and then in going back and listening to those albums that we should have been into you're right before I had this appreciation for the albums because I had an appreciation for who they were as people and the journeys that they had been on and I I feel good that I that we've given that. We, We've given that to mythical beasts. You know, we brought them. They understand our journey. They know us as people. They know our quirks. They know our differences. They know they know what what makes us work together. And they're pulling for us in the way that I was pulling for them in their story. So when when it seemed like they broke up without even talking about it, uh, that was a that was a great point. Spoiler to like, alert: to, to see what happened from from that. In, in that moment, you know, uh, and how they're just, they were, they're just real people. Yeah. And uh, they put it all out there. So. The Beastie Boys story. Beastie Boys story. Recommended. Okay. Now what? Well, we just say hashtag your biscuits to continue the conversation on the interwebs. <laughs>